All right, welcome. It's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richie. Good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda. Breaking down news of the day with me, my contributor, none other than Yasmin Aliyah Khan, host, Global Thread Podcast, Modern Context, Rebel HQ contributor, superstar. Always fascinating to have her breakdown. Top story of the day, hell of a thing. Another fight in the US Capitol, at the Capitol. All right, let's put it up for a mask. Uh, before I get into it, I just want you to see the guys. Uh, so we have Kevin McCarthy in one corner, all right? Former speaker, GOP feckless leader. In the other corner, we have a guy named Tim Burchett, Tennessee, Republican. So Tim uh, says that, well, that guy, McCarthy, ended up taking, well, a cheap shot. Former House Speaker is now saying he was accused wrongly of elbowing the representative out of Tennessee. One of the eight Republicans who voted to strip him of the gavel last month. So these guys already had bad blood. So uh, Burchett says to CNN, uh, McCarthy, the Republican from Cali, hit him with a clean shot to the kidneys as the former speaker walked past him following a House Republican conference meeting. A clean shot to the kidneys, okay? NPR reporter uh, Claudia uh, Grisales, who was talking with Burchett at the time, tweeted that the impact almost knocked the 59-year-old Tennessean into her. I'll put up the pictures again. Um, McCarthy, sir, I didn't know you had it in you. Uh, and so at this point, there's a corroborating witness to say, yes, this happened, and this is the result. Why do you elbow me in the back, Kevin? Merchette yelled after the former speaker, according to audio of the exchange. Hey, Kevin, you got any guts, jerk? End quote. Burchette then chased after the 58-year-old McCarthy, who denied he'd done anything untoward. Quote, I didn't elbow you in the back, McCarthy said, according to Grisales. You got no guts. You did so, the reporter said right there. What kind of chicken move is that? Rochette said before adding, you're pathetic, man. You're so pathetic. What a jerk. Rochette repeated before telling McCarthy uh, in a parting shot, you need security, Kevin. And quote, put those guys up again. Those fellas, okay. Rochette told CNN afterward, uh, after he's a bully with 17 million and a security detail. I'm probably not going to do an ethics complaint on him. He's not worth it. McCarthy later uh, denied maliciously shoving or kidney punching the Tennessee rep. Quote, I guess our shoulders hit because Burchette ran up to me after I didn't know what he was talking about. McCarthy told reporters, I didn't run and hit the guy. 
I did not kidney punch him. If I would hit somebody, they would know I hit them. McCarthy added, put up the pictures again. Tough guys. Okay. When pressed about Brichette's claim that he was in pain, the former speaker exclaimed, oh, come on now. Burchett, seven other Republicans, and 208 Democrats joined forces to de- declare the speakership vacant October 3rd. We covered it, triggering a three-week fight for the gavel that was ultimately won by Representative Mike Johnson. On Tuesday afternoon, far-right Republican Matt Gates, Florida, who led the mutiny against McCarthy, filed a complaint to the House Committee on Ethics demanding an investigation. This is wild, McCarthy resorting to pushing people in the halls. What a weak, pathetic husk of a man, Gates wrote on X. Ironically, McCarthy alleged that Gates was motivated to oust him from the speakership because McCarthy refused to intervene in an ethics investigation. Revolving around the Florida rep, Gates uh, has denied this. Representative Nancy Mace, South Carolina Republican, who also backed Gates' effort to dethrone McCarthy, ripped the former speaker for alleged roughhousing. Quote, Kevin, there is no place for a mean girl in the halls of Congress, Mace said on X. McCarthy panned Burchette, Gates, and Mace in an interview. That aired on Sunday. So there is absolutely no place for roughhousing and fighting in the hallways of that sacred, sacred chamber. You have to reserve that for a Senate hearing. Here it is. Everybody knows this here in the last time, <laughs> him and I kind of had a back and forth. Uh, appreciate your demeanor today. It's quite different. But after you left here, you got pretty excited about the keyboard. In fact, you tweeted at me one, two, three, four, five times. And let me read what the last one said. Um, it said, greedy CEO who pretends like he's self-made. Sir, I wish you was in the truck with me when I was building my plumbing company myself. And my wife was running the office because I sure remember working pretty hard in long hours. Pretends like he's self-made. What a clown. Fraud, always has been, always will be. Quit the tough guy act in these Senate hearings. You know where to find me, any place, any time, cowboy. Sir, this is a time, this is a place. You want to run your mouth? We can be two consenting adults. We can finish it here. Okay, that's fine. Perfect. You want to do it now? I'd love to do it right now. Well, stand your butt up then. You stand your butt up. Oh, hold on. Oh, hold, stop it. Is that your solution every poll? No, no, sit down. Sit down. Okay. You know, you're a United States senator. Sit down. Active. Oh, okay, okay. Sit down, please. All right. Can I respond? Mr. Hold Shim. it. Hold it. If hold we can't, no, I have the mic. I'm sorry. This is hold what it. he said. You'll have your time. Okay. Can I respond? Oh, no, you can't. <laughs> this is a hearing. And God knows the American people have enough of contempt. But Congress, let's not make it worse. I don't like thugs and bullies. You, you have, and you I don't like you because you just described yourself. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. The Republican senator was so outraged and so ready to fight 
that it took an 82-year-old progressive named Bernie Sanders, a US senator, to stop it. All right. Um, so this is becoming a theme. Obviously, uh, they are upset at themselves because they are inadequate. What you are looking at is their collective frustration, not simply with others, but within themselves. The, these are Republicans and Republicans, not Republicans and Democrats. They are imploding. Here is the sad part. That's just silly and immature. This is the sad part. They are still competitive. They are still competitive with this kind of imploding inside of a political party, with this level of dysfunction, with the lack of ideas for solutions, you would think that anyone who actually brings solution to the table would run away in a poll, an election, reputation. That's not what's happening. All right, Jasmine, thoughts? Yeah, I just never want to hear that women are too emotional to lead ever again. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Yeah, I was I was laughing so hard during that whole segment. I covered the Mark Wayne Mullen story yesterday for Rebel HQ, and it was ridiculous then. It's ridiculous today. And between that incident and this incident between McCarthy and Burchett, it's just too much. You know, we can't even feign decency anymore. And the perpetrators of these offenses and this type of behavior is coming from white men. They're supposed to be the pinnacle of what the rest of us are hoping to achieve as far as civility goes, right? They even made a mean girl reference, but these aren't girls. These are grown men who are doing these, these actions. So whether or not McCarthy actually shoved or elbowed Burchett, I don't know. It sounds like he might have, but Burchett clearly knew what he was doing when he very deliberately gave the reporters the soundbite that they were looking for. McCarthy's response was just as embarrassing. You know, he's not impressing anyone with his bravado, like, oh, you would have known if I shoved you. McCarthy has a serious image problem right now that he's going to have to somehow overcome if he's hoping to continue his career at a high political level. At this point, I'm not sure that he can overcome such incredible reputational damage, but he's certainly not helping himself at this point. Oh, yeah. and Mullen is now fundraising off of what happened during the hearing. He has t-shirts out. You can get one through his Twitter, I guess. Right. The irony is unreal. So you have one guy who's a Republican elected member um, of the Senate saying, hey, hey, yeah, yeah, I was going to beat somebody up in the hearing. And he gets celebrated by Sean Hannity and other Republicans. <laughs> uh, and then McCarthy actually uh, seems to be about that action. And all of a sudden, the Republicans chastise him for acting out of order. Um, guys, make your mind up. Y'all gangsters or not, which one? Okay, hell of a thing. A rapper gets arrested for his lyrics. No kidding, put up the picture full mask. I'm going to give you an interesting saga. 20 year old Reese Alexander Sullivan. A white rapper from Arkansas has been arrested after the Bentonville police found his lyrics to be threatening in his music and believable enough to cause concern. Sullivan was taken into custody on Thursday. This actually went down November 2nd, charged with terroristic threatening in the first degree. Sullivan created tracks describing a desire to commit school shootings, blow up churches, associated with a specific race, 
and murder and sexual assault children. He also claimed to want to assassinate President Joe Biden. According to a redacted probable cause affidavit seen by Atlanta Black Star, and they did a great job on this story, the Federal Bureau of Investigation and National Threat Operation Center received a tip from an anonymous individual regarding statements made by the artist on Monday. This happened August 21st. The tipster gave authorities links to Sullivan's 10 videos, which contained the violent threats. His rap name was amongst the items redacted in the paperwork. The FBI obtained a warrant on Halloween to search Sullivan's apartment, but found no weapons or explosives on the premises. The young man was not present during the search, but at his job. When he finally was reached by authorities, he told them that the rap songs were manifestations of a character or persona he created when he was 17 years of age. He also said that, quote, rap songs are meant to be funny and that he doesn't believe what he said in the songs, especially about hating certain people, sexually assaulting children, shooting up his school, or harming any elected officials. He also confessed that he did not have any weapons or explosives in his possession. Despite his songs indicating that he was bullied, police state that they did not discover a history of abuse or trauma in his life. Sullivan was granted a $50,000 bond, according to the affidavit, and released on November 4th. Furthermore, he was instructed to refrain from using social media or writing or uploading audio and instructed to abstain from all internet use. Online records state the rapper's next court date is set for December 11th. He will be accompanied by public defender J. Scott Saxton as he stands before the judge in the Benton County Circuit Court. Um, now, let's put his picture back up. This is going to be a very interesting case uh, because we do not have um, all of the information that the investigators have. We do not have all of the lyrics that they're utilizing to prosecute or at least create offense for arrest on this case. But I will tell you that typically rap lyrics are off limits. It's considered artistic expression. Um, however, how many times have we been here but after the fact? Meaning something tragic has happened. And when we go back and do a simple Google, Google search or maybe even look at a Facebook profile or Twitter, now X feed, all the signs are there. Words, threats, aggression, racism, targeting a particular group, all of the ingredients are there. So I don't know if the strategy for the local jurisdiction um, is to provide a remedy that typically is not provided in cases like this and giving him um, what's called arrest time, meaning they know at a point he will not actually be prosecuted. Um, I do know that people who have done absolutely nothing have gotten arrest time as well, where they were arrested and put in jail, cops knowing they did nothing. Yes, with thoughts on this one. Yeah, you know, I can't tell if music sucks these days or if I'm just getting old, but it's probably both. You know, as far as this quote unquote rapper goes, there is a fine line between artistic expression or, you know, saying you're going to do something or thinking about doing something 
there's a difference between that and actually doing the thing. And I'm not a legal expert by any means, but as far as I understand it, you can't be convicted of a crime you only thought about committing. However, when you're publicly saying that you're going to assassinate the president, that gets people involved that I'm sure this kid didn't want involved. He had the FBI combing through his videos, and over the course of nine or 10 videos, patterns start to emerge. And when it comes to the president, those patterns have to be taken seriously. Ultimately, though, I don't, you know, he didn't do anything. He wrote some terrible things. And I really do believe that artistic expression needs to remain protected, but I don't think it's excessive to keep an eye on this kid for the reasons that you detailed. Yeah, you, you definitely got to keep an eye on him, um, even if you do it under some mental health uh, guys, which has right. been done before. All right, uh, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. A lot of show left. Okay, let me read some of these amazing comments. Um, yeah, I agree. So, Civitas Vox, I would say it sounds like high school, but I'm thinking that is insulting to high school students, and it would be. All right. And yeah, snack underscore Panther McCarthy wouldn't bust a grape in a food fight. But it might suck a punch of kidneys, question mark. <laughs> um, snack underscore Panther, thank you for that gifted one indisputable membership. We appreciate you. And Shiny984, uh, Lord, pretty soon they're gonna be able to put sessions of Congress on pay-per-view like it's WWE. Maybe they could fund Social Security that way. <laughs> yeah, I would pay for that. Now that, now I promise you, I would sign up. All right, hell of a thing. Um, GOP rep uh, tears into the GOP for doing absolutely nothing for people. Here it is. One thing, I want my Republican colleagues to give me one thing, one, that I can go campaign on and say we did. One, anybody sitting in the complex, if you want to come down to the floor and come explain to me one material, meaningful, significant thing the Republican majority has done besides, well, I guess it's not as bad as the Democrats. Put up this picture full of mass, sir, you definitely have a point, but you all do have a race baiting bigot at the top of your ticket polling at number one. Now that's something that's not what I would like to see. But that is what the Republican leadership has delivered. As the Hill reports of Representative Chip Roy, Republican out of Texas got heated on the House floor Wednesday because he has nothing to campaign on. They have not delivered anything other than rhetoric and red meat. Tearing into the GOP colleagues and GOP leadership over their approach to funding and policy battles and criticizing them for not being willing to force a shutdown to try to coerce Democrats into giving them policy concessions during a nearly one hour speech. Roy declared, quote, this country is in trouble and the time for excuses is over. No more excuses. No more excuses from my colleagues on the other side of the aisle 
But most importantly of all, no more excuses from my colleagues on this side of the aisle, he said, blasting his own party. Um, we're blank it all away, he says. We're giving it away. All that they fought for, all of those freedoms, we're giving it away. Why? Because we're too cowardly to stand up and do our job, Roy said, shouting on the House floor. Oh, no, a shutdown. Are you freaking kidding me? Oh, we can't have a shutdown heading into Thanksgiving. What will they say or do? How about we stand up and fight? Uh, and obviously, I completely disagree with the congressman on this matter. Uh, remember, when the government shuts down, it's not because it happens automatically. Congress fails to do their job, but Congress still gets a paycheck. The members of Congress, they still get paid. While those who depend on that money for Thanksgiving, for Christmas, for everyday life, will not. While he may live in a bubble on this policy and believe it is somehow accepted, celebrated, that people won't get paid due to your squabbling. Um, so I can assure you that they rather you actually work with than work against. Roy's speech, though, came after he. And more than a dozen of the hardline conservatives tanked a procedural vote on a funding bill in part over objections about it not including conservative policies they wanted. And partly in retaliation for the House GOP leadership pushing through a clean funding extension Wednesday with the help of Democrats. So Royce, uh, Royce suggested in his speech that the House Republican majority had not done anything meaningful. One thing I want. My Republican colleagues to give me one thing, one that I can go campaign on and say, we did, Roy said. Um, come on, Roy, look at your district, sir. All you have to do is say Trump, 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 and you will get reelected. Your party is no more. There is no Republican party. You all do not have a platform. The platform is whatever the hell Trump is thinking when he wakes up that morning. That's why. Most Republicans in the US Congress, they are afraid to actually have an exacting policy agenda because they don't know how Trump will feel about that policy. You know why? Because Trump doesn't know how he will feel about the policy. He feels differently about policies every single day. All right, Yasmin, thoughts here. That's so funny what you just said. Uh, Chip Roy's district is actually really, really cute. It's Texas wine country. It's a tourist destination, but it is incredibly rural and very conservative. I was just there, but I stick to the vineyards. But it's funny, he's onto something, Chip Roy. He's mad that the government did not shut down, which is mm -hmm. pathetic and sad for a lot of different reasons. But he's at least self-reflective enough to recognize that his party doesn't do anything. But isn't that the Republicans' modus operandi a little bit? They literally obstruct pro progress <clears throat> and they protect the status quo as a matter of protocol. They don't do anything unless it benefits themselves. And by themselves, I mean them, the Congress people, not necessarily their constituents. So in a really weird way, even though I think he's incredibly misguided, Chip Roy might strangely be considered more well-intended than some of his Republican colleagues, solely in the sense that he's actually wanting to do something for his constituents, supposedly. Yeah. You know, but if the government shut down, he would not have been angry. He, yeah, he makes would have no said sense. that. Yeah, that, that that's a win, everybody. We're <laughs> losing, but we're winning. 
That's insane. what his constituents want, apparently. Right. Yeah, exactly. All right, that's something for you. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen Wood. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a In Sunday? You're not going to Back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Direction one more time, and we're going to have a personal problem. You can count. It looks like there's one already. No, there is one already, and if you weren't so. You do something about it, okay? But like instead, you, you blow your. On to everybody. I didn't blow it on. No, anybody. you know what? The county can come and they can talk to that neighbor, that neighbor, anybody. that neighbor, that neighbor, that neighbor. I didn't blow you it blow on. You blow it on to everybody. No, I didn't. Yes, you I do. Just blew it right yeah, out you of the do. Bicycle You're a liar. I just blew it yes, out of the did. bicycle. Yes, you did. All totally. I never once have I. I don't line, give it. Gone over to you your yard and blown it right. Hyper-powered goddamn blower that that by the way is way over the DB limit for the county. I use it once you know or what? twice a year. You know what? Fine. I have the means to take care of you. Okay. I'm not gonna put. I'm not gonna put up with it. If I, I, I never, see you blow one I more never, goddamn leaf. I never direction, once. His direction. His direction. I we're never all once. coming for you. I never once. Then goddamn blow the into your own corner and pick it up, and put it in a trash can. I never once blew it into you. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, the Leaf Mafia, um, AKA Mel Carrot, is so upset that this guy is blowing leaves. He has a gang of Leaf Mafia affiliates who are going to see about him. Uh, this is all over leaves. All right, so there's another video, here it is. already. They're going to go around and they're going to take statements from all your neighbors because we're tired of you blowing your on all of us. You go ahead and bid on me. I don't give a You're a piece of You think I'm your what? Your hard debris pickup service? We just paid a guy today to clean all that up and you blew every goddamn bit of it onto us. Stand there and smug me. Wow. Uh, let's put up a screenshot here. This is a man who takes leaf blowing to the next level. If you agree or disagree with him, this guy's a serious leaf blower. He checks DB, right the whole nine. He knows exactly what the parameters are. Yasmin, um, if I'm upset about a guy blowing leaves, um, I'm not going to act like that. Maybe not even call the police on the leaf blower. I think he needs to chill. 
Yeah, you know, leaves are organic material. They blow in, they blow <laughs> right. out. Like that's not that serious. I used to live in New England and I remember, you know, piles and piles of leaves that would come and accumulate every fall. But that was like we all expected that to happen. That's what would happen. It came with the territory, it came with the season. We can't just be pretending like nature isn't a thing and just like assume that we can just clear all the leaves. Like leaves are going to be a thing. Just just deal with it, you know. I don't know if this guy's blowing it into this guy's yard, but like, just just deal with it. Yeah. All right. We'll bring you an update if we get any more information on the leaf blowing saga. Okay. Um, very sad story. Uh, we're trying to get more information. Here's a video. So sad, put up a screenshot of this attack. According to WSCO TV, police in Charlotte, North Carolina, alleged the woman seen being struck multiple times by a Charlotte Mecklenburg officer in this viral video was resisting arrest. Now, you have so many human beings on top of the body. It is hard for me to imagine that you need to take your fist and punch anybody to gain compliance. The incident occurred on the afternoon of Monday, November 13th, near a Bojangles. And the woman later identified as Christina is an employee of the fast food restaurant. The video taken by bystander shows multiple cops surrounding the woman while she was on the ground. And one cop appears to strike her multiple times. Eyewitnesses on the scene post the question, why, why is she being punched? And told the officers to get off her. Seconds later, she was escorted into the police vehicle. When officers approached Christina Pierre and Anthony Lee, who was smoking marijuana, they alleged that she hit one of the officers per the outlet citing a police report. And when they attempted to take her into custody, she was not allowing officers to arrest her. The police, uh, the police said officers ordered her to stop resisting multiple times before the officer struck her seven times with knee strike and 10 closed fist strikes, okay? This was to the perennial nerve in the thigh to try to gain compliance according to the report. Put up the individuals on the, um, Lee is on the right, who was with her, was also arrested and reportedly charged with possession 
of marijuana, carrying a concealed weapon and resisting, obstructing and delay. Um, Christina Pierre on the left has similar charges, including assault on a government official. Um, her mugshot shows bruises on her face. Uh, the video sparked outrage online, obviously, uh, prompting the police chief, um, Johnny Jennings, to release a statement. So here's what old Johnny said. I never want to see an officer, much less one of my own involved in a situation like this. Our officers are trained to engage and interact with people and manage situations to the best of their abilities based on the training they receive. When individuals physically assault officers and refuse to comply with police, and when they resist arrest, officers must physically engage with them to safely take them into custody. I, don't, I didn't see anything safe about what happened to the person you're supposed to safely take into custody. Now, Chief, we all know what happened here. You have an individual who may have become adversarial to police interaction. Possibly some physicality took place. But you know, no cop has to punch another human being while that many officers are holding them down. That is called revenge. That is called retaliation. That is called illegal. Jennings said that he wants to release the body camera footage, but has to file a petition with the court before it could be made public per state law. Bojangles reportedly said it would cooperate with law enforcement on this case and that Pierre and the man are still employees at the restaurant. They have not been fired by the restaurant. Um, once again, here we go. So they want us to ignore what we see. They want us to ignore what we, what we see, abandon common sense. If these are not cops, I want you to take this out of the cop arena. Let's just say you got four or five people on top of one other individual. That individual is a woman. Uh, they're saying, well, uh, we're, we're trying to make sure we can safely apprehend this person for doing something wrong. That many human bodies on top of one woman, and all of a sudden a man comes with fist and knees while the person is on the ground. And every other human body that's covering her obstructs the view of anyone watching. So you cannot see anything. Do you believe the narrative would be the same? Would people say, well, you know, uh, this had to happen because of they were trying to make sure she was safe and they could safely apprehend the individual? Of course not. The narrative only gets confusing to some. When blue uniforms are being worn. Outside of that, we all would say universally, that is not the way you treat a human being. All right. Yes, my thoughts. You know, what's crazy to me is every time I'm on your show, it seems like we have a story like this to cover. But otherwise, I feel like I don't hear about these stories enough. There's very little news coverage of these stories in mainstream media, I feel like. Uh, there's little outrage on social media, at least among the accounts that I follow. It's absurd how all of this has become so normalized. It's almost become formulaic, right? The incident occurs, it gets a little attention, the chief releases some kind of statement, and then that's it. And this is just one story of so many, but that woman has been traumatized, right? She'll have to deal with that trauma, not to mention all of the physical injuries that I'm sure she sustained probably for the rest of her life. Yeah, that's right. All right. Um- we shall 
see what happens in the development of this story. Um, marijuana, come on, man. We got more on the other side. News and talk. Wrong show. Indisputable. <laughs> we'll be back. All right, welcome back. A lot of show left. Let me read some of these comments before I do that. Reminder, TYT membership. Uh, TYT is unstoppable because of you, all right? Our members. Members power our show and the support and support what we do daily. Members safeguard TYT from a challenging media landscape. Be part of the work we do every day. Sign up as a member at tyt.com slash join or simply click the join button where you are now. Ho, ho, home of progressive shop TYT. It's starting to get cold. And that means the holidays are just around the corner. Wear the funniest holiday sweater featuring our ho, ho, home of progressives design. Only available shop tyt.com. And it's currently on sale. Get 20% off our holiday sweater at shop tyt.com. And we have some um, indisputable merch coming to you. I'm going through the um, list of sayings we would like to present to you. Um, I think one is going to be, I wish a Santa would. Yeah, we got it coming, all right? Good, good stuff. Let me read some of these comments. Russell, oh, that's funny, Russell. Just leave it alone. I like that. I see what you did there. Uh, uh, and Obadiah Hotel B1, damn it, the leaf blowing police. What's your badge number, Officer Leaf Blower? <laughs> that would that would have made him so upset if that would have been the response. He probably would have actually committed a felony if that was the response. All right, Twitch. Uh, that's correct. Uh, fascist killer says, and remember, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they showed a white woman being arrested and literally kicking the cop. And the cop did nothing to her. Sounds about white. Uh, that's right. We did a story. Uh, li- literally, the woman was being physically violent. Uh, and the officers um, were still uh, very patient to make sure no harm came to her. Okay. This is a very good thing. Very good story. T.I. has a development, affordable housing, doing what? Well, the government or governments across the country should do. Let's put it up full mass. In Atlanta, businessman, entrepreneur, and award-winning rapper T.I. attended the ribbon-cutting ceremony for his first affordable apartment development on Tuesday. The development includes 143 apartments and 25 special units for homeless youth. We actually have a big issue with that in Atlanta. The Entrada West Side sits across from Center Hill Park in Northwest Atlanta. T.I., whose real name is Clifford Harris, told Channel 2 Action News he remembers how the community struggled when he was young. Quote, the arts and entertainment industry in this city has been able to collaborate and I guess be profitable enough to offer the community so many things That are much needed, Harris said. Developers say the property was once a shopping center where T.I.'s grandmother used to shop for groceries. Put that picture back up. Um, It's a family affair. You have T.I., you have his wife. Now, uh, the gentleman uh, with the shades on, that's the mayor. All right, he's the mayor of Atlanta. He popped through. Uh, 
cut the ribbon. And I must say that it takes intention to do projects like this. And big ups to TI and others, Killer Mike does this as well, who engage with intention. They are thoughtful about how their projects impact, how their development projects impact the greater community. For TI, it goes back to communities that he once traversed, right? He was raised in, his parents come from, grandparents come from. Killer Mike does the same thing. We need more people doing this, taking the good fortune. And folks have given you to give back. Uh, so big ups, T.I., for your continued leadership in this arena. Need more like you. Hopefully the government, well, they're taking notice too. Yasmin, thoughts? Yeah, this is so great. You know, we were talking during the break about how there's actually a lot of similarities between Atlanta and Houston, Mm -hmm. not just culturally, but also a little bit in terms of like the urban design of the cities. So whenever I see things like this happen in Atlanta, I get excited for Atlanta, but also a little bit for Houston. Just this morning, I was reading a story about a new food hall or marketplace that's coming to Houston. It looks something similar to maybe Pont City Market. But it's in an area that's being quickly gentrified, and it has a lot of people asking, why is this marketplace being built and not affordable housing for the locals who are actively being priced out of their own neighborhood? So what TI is doing here in Atlanta is great. I love to see it. And maybe Beyonce or Lizzo will come home one day and do something like that in Houston. There you go. I see what you did there. I like that. You put it in the universe. Universe is about planting seeds. Got to, a little bit at a time. There you go, all right. Um, Big Boy told this story about how uh, Mike Tyson confronted uh, Cujo from Goody Mob. And Cujo was about that action. Hell of a story. I would not have believed it if I did not hear it from somebody I believe, like Big Boy. Uh, Here's a video. Cujo was like like most feared back then too, man. His 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 cadences and his just the his thought process was just different. Yeah, and it was just like you had to unlock his verse. You know what I mean? Well, one verse that stand out from Kujo specifically. Uh, so scared, so scared. Oh he, yeah, he oh, could yeah. make anything move. Even Tyson can get laid down yeah, with this tool. Oh, bruh, that's I'm, the hardest line. Tyson get, was his heyday. Man, let me tell you, Tyson. Tyson walked up on Kujo <laughs> at the BET Awards or some awards show and like Bro, what you what? had to say. Oh yeah, oh oh yeah. Oh yeah, they bought the same side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> Tyson got a lot more fights in the belt. But, he, but like, Kucho ain't back down. Now. He was just yeah, folk, yeah, yeah folk. You know what I'm saying? My Mike Tyson, like you had said something. <laughs> Come yeah, on, yeah, bro. for real, man. It's, it's so much, shit, man. That's so hard. Yeah, that's man. legendary. I feel like this is the first time he's here. Nah, that's I don't hard. know, that's man. I'm trying to keep search from the raps, man. Come yeah, on, man. But, nah, Shout but, out to Tyson, and yeah, and Kucho for sure. Um. Let's put up the picture for a mass. Now, I give uh, Cujo a 10 for courage. Uh, that is not the same scale I would give him if he actually fought killer Mike Tyson. That was when Mike Tyson was Mike Tyson. Okay. Um, rapper Big Boy says the former professional boxer, Mike Tyson. Once confronted Good Amount rapper Cujo over the lyrics on Outcast 1998, hit y'all scared. Tyson confronted him. Cujo never backed down. We are happy that no fight actually happened. Cujo is still here with us. Okay. 
Now, uh, Tyson seems to have mellowed in his later years. Uh, this week shared a picture of himself dressed as a bumblebee uh, for Halloween. And uh, I don't think this is the first time he's been in a bumblebee outfit. I think he actually likes it, all right? Uh, and uh, he looked adorable uh, in his black and yellow bee costume. Captioned the post, <laughs> ex post, happy Halloween, be the force that cannot be stopped. Um, there you go. Um, despite Tyson's mellow nature, some, and we covered this on Indisputable, some drunk passenger messed around and found out uh, that he is still the former champ. Here it is. This is George talking to Mike Tyson, bro. Crazy, bro, Mike Tyson. <laughs> Dog got lit, man. He over here rapping with Tyson. Mike Tyson trying to give us some shrooms. <laughs> you don't know how to act. Tyson looking out, man. Crazy. He should have never gave you money. Peasants. They're peasants. That blue map flight. Boy just got beat up by Mike Tyson. Turn that way. Yeah, he got up. Just trying to ask for an autograph, man. I don't know what happened. Yeah, uh, he was doing a little more to try and ask for an autograph. Um, messed around and found out. Stuff like that. Okay, uh, hell of a story. One of those iconic moments during an interview where you get a nugget that you never uh, thought you would get during the interview. Like, wait a minute, that's the first time we've ever heard that. Uh, big ups to Cujo uh, as well for. Uh, you know, uh, sticking to his. Jasmine, thoughts? Yeah, these stories are funny to me because I feel like these babies don't know about Mike Tyson. Like he's <laughs> right. old now, but he performed at the Tonys with Neil Patrick Harris. He's a That's bumblebee. Right. He's got puns now, but he bit someone's ear off in the 90s. And we, like, we've never forgotten that. We know who that guy is. So yeah. I got nervous for Cujo just reading that story. Yeah, you know, Cujo didn't back down though. This is very impressive, actually. It's very actually impressive. pretty damn impressive. <laughs> All right, we got more on the other side. Indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. A lot of show left. Progress report. Uh, if you haven't already subscribed, announce the time. TYT's weekday morning newsletter. The progress report every morning we give you the best progressive news analysis and reporting. You can either scan the QR code or go to tyt.com slash newsletter to sign up. A lot of great comments. Lawrence Brazier, Brazier, I think. Uh, Tyson was Tyson was still lights out uh, most, just ask Roy Jones what his power felt like after their fight a few years ago. Uh, I remember that, I forgot about that, yeah. Um, Rose Rosie, uh, I met Iron Mike twice. Uh, the man was extremely fearsome. All right. And uh, uh, this is, I think, Tatiana Cerverina. Uh, Dave Chappelle threatens to move if the government starts building affordable housing in his area. I would rather see more of this. Very well said. Very well said. All right. Um, Nikki Haley surging in the polls becomes number two. To Donald Trump, put up the picture full mass. Let's talk about it. According to the poll, well, the Emerson College poll finds that Nikki Haley currently has second place behind Trump in the New Hampshire GOP primary. This is a biggie for them. This is a biggie. 
So according to the poll, the former president had 49% of voters support in the 2024 Republican primary, consistent with his support in August. Unlike the August survey, a candidate reaches double digits this month, Nikki Haley, whose support increased 14 percentage points from 4% in August to 18% this November. Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie follows with 9% consistent with his August support, followed by Florida Governor Ron DeSatan at 7%, a one point increase since the summer poll. Um, and then you have Ramaswamy, I think 5%, that's likely going to uh, actually go down, followed by South Carolina Senator, uh, who is no longer running, Tim Scott, uh, 2%. And then you have Dakota Governor Doug um, Burgum at 2%, 9% of voters are undecided. You know, uh, Nikki Haley's support is driven by older voters and those with postgraduate degrees. Spencer Kimball, executive director of Emerson College Polling said, quote, while Trump leads across all age groups, Haley gets 21% of the vote from voters over 40 while getting about 8% from voters under 40. Kimball also points out that Trump leads among non-college educated with 57% to 12% for Haley. But among college educated GOP voters, Trump leads 35% to 27%. And among those with postgraduate degrees, Trump leads 29% to 26% over Haley, Republican primary voters were also asked to name their second choice candidate in the race. 22% in that scenario said Ron DeSantis, 18% chose Haley and 15% Ramaswamy. Biden's polling numbers in New Hampshire, here they go. President Biden holds 37% approval among New Hampshire voters, okay? Uh, while 53% disapprove of the job he is doing. A majority of voters, 58%, consider the Biden administration's foreign policy to be more of a failure rather than a success. While 42% view it as more of a success rather than failure. Regarding the Biden administration's immigration policy, 66% view it more of a failure, while 34% more of a success. And this is how uh, international dynamics play into domestic politics, just another way, right? The reflection is clear. The reflection is clear. While Biden continues to, um, in my opinion, handle horribly international conflict, it is reflected in not only voters who are independent, but voters who are likely Democratic voters every time. And you have this Nikki Haley dynamic. Well, unfortunately, because primaries are chosen by way of a plurality of votes, unless everybody just drops out now and supports Nikki Haley, she still does not have a chance in hell. But if there's some agreement on the table between everybody but Trump in order to stop Trump from clinching the nomination, Barring that, Trump gets the nomination because the 
split is so severe with everybody else. It did help that Pence dropped out. It did help some that um, Scott dropped out, but Scott is still polling uh, it, <laughs> at 2%. He's not in the race anymore. All right. Yes, yeah, with thoughts here. Uh, yeah, she's surging in second. What is the point? You know, I mean, good for her, but it's clear at this point that the GOP is going to nominate Trump for the 2024 presidential ticket, despite whatever incredible mountainous legal battles that he might currently be fighting. Maybe this will benefit Nikki Haley in her future, in her future political or business aspirations. And that's a popular strategy for a lot of people. You run for president and then you leverage that presidential run into maybe a cabinet position or a book deal or a hosting gig on Fox News. But I can't imagine that she still thinks she has a shot at the nomination. Now, that said, Biden is actively eroding his approval rating, as he said, especially among young voters. So either way, this election cycle will be very unexciting, to put it nicely, for many voters. Yeah, it's a hell of a thing, isn't it? Let's see that one more time. I want to see the getaway again. Here it is. Let's put up the picture for a mass. Karenicity and OG Karen runs deep. But before we jump to conclusions, we need to understand what the hell is in those pies. This whole situation may be explainable if we understand what's inside of the pies to make someone act in such a way. In all seriousness, Karen, the way you're treating people who have decided to serve you food is reprehensible. They do not deserve your extreme treatment. And then the way she decided to run after whatever the hell that was just adds to the insanity of it all. There is no power on this planet that should be able to cause that kind of action. Let me let me stop. Because if my grandmama pie was inside that window and they were stopping me from getting my grandmama pie, it may be a problem. All right, sharing thoughts here. Well, I was just looking it up. The pie, there are real ingredients in it. Okay, they're yep. freshly sliced apples. So mm. I, <laughs> I, that could be it. Okay, I don't know why she acted a fool. Um, but be careful, the filling is hot sometimes, Doc. I just don't know yeah. what to say. Okay, yeah. I don't know about the strawberry and cream one, but there I, are real apples in the other one. It's confirmed. I mean, if it's real apples and they're, they're hard to come by, and if you were supposed to get two and you got one, all right. All right, we'll, we'll update you on this, Karen, uh, when we get more information. All right. According to the narrative, a black beauty queen discriminated against a hotel staff. Um, let's put up her picture for a mask. I will give you the background in Houston. 
Beauty Queen Blessing in Wosu has filed a civil rights violation claim towards the Post Oak Hotel, claiming she was discriminated against because of her race and ethnicity by workers at the hotel who embarrassed her by placing a shawl over her shoulders while she was seated at her table enjoying her company. Let me give you background. This was on May 24th. Uh, the beauty queen and three of her friends arrived at the Bloom and Bee restaurant in the Post Oak Hotel to put together a birthday dinner. After she sat down, the claim details, the unthinkable happened. The restaurant host then came up behind Blessing and put a piece of cloth, um, like a scarf, on her shoulders. Okay. That's what the lawsuit states. Simultaneously, the host said that the cloth had to be put on a customer's shoulder if her shoulders are showing. Blessing found her treatment to be very rude. All right. This person just came up and did this. Quote, my back was actually facing the host that did it. I looked up like, oh my God. I was stricken with panic. I couldn't believe it. The former Miss Nigeria USA contestant said, as reported by the Houston Chronicle, everybody was looking. I feel like I was being made a spectacle and it was embarrassing. The lawsuit alleges that she was not the only woman in the establishment with her shoulders exposed. She took a selfie that showed over her shoulder a blonde white woman with her shoulders out wearing a spaghetti strapped tank top. Okay. Um, we have those photos. The complaint submitted pictures from the restaurant's IG page, which showed a table filled with white women, all of their shoulders out, and they were allowed to dine as they were. The beauty queen, however, according to the suit, felt a civil rights violated by the staff singling her out and treating her as subhuman. They are seeking compensation for damages based on what state laws consider appropriate uh, in an amount of at least 500,000 or as determined by the trier of fact, all right? Uh, so the same hotel is also being sued by Willie Powells, who claimed he was discriminated against at the H-bar in another dress code incident. He alleged the establishment enforced a no-hats rule requiring him, a black male, to remove a baseball cap while allowing some of his white patrons to wear cowboy hats. Hmm. Post Oak Hotel General Manager um, Steve Chow released a statement regarding the claim from the beauty queen, calling it, quote, a frivolous lawsuit. The Post Oak attracts hotel patrons from all over the world. And is one of the most diverse properties in Houston, both in employees and in its customer base. He stated, the plaintiff entered one of the hotel's restaurants for lunch and approached and approached the hostess stand. The hostess noticed on her own that plaintiff was clearly overexposed in her dress and discreetly and respectfully offered her a shawl for coverage. The hostess is a minority and denies any discriminating nature towards the plaintiff and simply wanted plaintiff 
to cover up. Um, so I need you to address the other people that are clearly in the picture who are exposed as well. Uh, because that's the genesis of the suit, not the ethnicity of who did it, not their um, feelings behind it, but the policy and protocol of the behavior and why is it not equally enforced. So that's the issue at hand and that's the issue you got to deal with in the lawsuit. All right, Yasmin, thoughts here. Yeah, so this happened in Houston in the uptown Posto Gallery area. It's a very nice, expensive part of town. There's lots of money around there. That hotel is very popular. There are a ton of restaurants and bars in and around the hotel. So it's always very busy. A lot of, you know, it makes sense that she would have her shoulders out, that she would be dressed up to go somewhere like that. That restaurant that was featured, the Bloom and Bee, uh, that's a very popular brunch spot. It's definitely a little bit more uppity over there, but that's uppity for Houston. Houston is not a very uppity place, at least not compared to a lot of other major cities. And we're incredibly diverse. So whenever things like this happen here, it's a little bit surprising. But, you know, maybe I'm a little bit naive. Sometimes I forget, you know, because we are so diverse here in Houston, that this is where Juneteenth like became a thing. We had slavery here, we had Jim Crow, all of that was here on this land where all of these diverse people now live. You know, modern society looks a little different now, but incidents like this remind us that that history of racial disparity isn't actually that far behind us. Yeah, and you know, the way the manager decided to respond by not granting any level of grace to the mm-hmm. Uh, seemingly uh, a differential treatment between her and the other patrons um, says, well, you're being defensive and maybe you don't get the disconnect. But naturally, if you're being told you have to do this because of A, B, or C, and other people don't, well, that's going to render uh, an emotion um, of being treated unfair. That is normal. That's called being human. I would feel the same way. All right, we got more on the other side. It is indisputable. Stick and stay. All right, welcome back. Always good to be with you. A lot of show left. Um, Yeah. Tanya Ladmerop. Um, Vivek made the ratings for Nikki Haley go up. I do, uh, Ramaswamy. I do agree with you on that. She kept it cool when he was speaking foolishness. He was just, I, he's a Trump wannabe, trying so hard, you know? Yeah, I agree. I do think the way she handled herself with his insanity um, helped her a lot. Um, Hal Wasserman, they were offended by her black shoulders. You know, and it is really interesting that. We still don't have an explanation for why was there a difference here? I mean, was there an explanation for it? Was there a reason? Did somebody make a mistake? Did they not equally enforce? Okay. James Thompson, thank you. Gifted one indisputable membership. We greatly appreciate you. All right. Well, black. Harvard Proctor removed over protest altercation. I'm going to first go to the video and give you the background. Here it is. Exit. Exit. Show him the exit. 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 Behind you. Turn around. Exit. Exit. 
Exit. Don't grab me. We're not hitting my neck. Don't touch my neck. Exit. 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 Behind you. Behind you. Don't grab me. Exit. No one's grabbing. Put up the picture full of I will explain to you what has occurred in Massachusetts. Elam Teddy Tamaklo, a Harvard College proctor has been indefinitely relieved of his duties following his involvement in a confrontation at a pro-Palestine protest, according to a petition that began circulating Friday evening with a student that has direct knowledge of the situation. The petition cited, quote, student discomfort as the reason for the removal, but alleged that none of um, Elarm's, uh, Elarm's first year students expressed having any actual discomfort. So what are proctors? Proctors are basically Harvard graduate students, instructors or staff that oversee a group of freshmen. They are unpaid and receive compensation in the form of meal swipes and housing in a freshman dorm. According to the petition, uh, the proctor was told to vacate Friday. Background on a confrontation is this, the viral video of the protest depicts a confrontation between a man who is identified as an Israeli student and other outlets and protest organizers. When the student began filming demonstrators' faces, uh, the proctor, who is in a way there to protect students, um, the proctor and other protest safety marshals directed him away and blocked his camera with their security vest, traditional uh, Palestinian scarves, etc. The student could be heard saying, don't touch me, um, as he came into physical contact with the protesters. So uh, the, a Harvard president, uh, Rabbi Azarki, called for, uh, called for the removal of the proctor uh, due to his involvement in the October 18th pro-Palestine Diane. Uh, this was at Harvard Business School and on IG, claiming that he had fielded complaints from students. So. You have one uh, narrative that said no, no student said they were uncomfortable. Another person saying, well, I got complaints from the students. In an email announcement uh, to the affiliates Wednesday afternoon, um, Zarki also shared a screenshot he identified as the Proctor's IG story, which included the caption, quote, the beast of Zionism shall be slain, Palestine shall live, her children shall return. From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Needless to say, students are frightened of him. Their parents call me regularly to say how they can't sleep at night as they worry for the safety of their children. Um, he wrote in the email. So um, Harvard president uh, Claudine Gay announced the launch of an anti-Semitism advisory board or group at the end of last month. In a Thursday afternoon email statement, uh, Gay condemned the pro-Palestine phrase. From the river to the sea, which she wrote uh, to a great many of people 
uh, imply the eradication of Jews from Israel uh, and engender both pain and you know, fears within the Jewish community. This statement goes like this. I have heard from many community members about the incident on the Harvard Business School campus on October 18th. They wrote, consistent with our standard practice, once law enforcement's increase complete, the university will address the incident through the student disciplinary procedure to determine if university policies or codes of conduct have been violated, so take appropriate action. Action has already been taken. So let's, let's be clear about this, all right? Um, there's an intentional manipulation of narrative. It's happening from politicians. It's happening from spin masters. We should all universally agree that murder, killing of innocent people, well, that is wrong. That is immoral. That should be universally condemned, period. Um, why do we have to keep making this distinction? Palestinians, the Palestinian Authority, the government, they're not at war. Palestinian citizens are not at war with Israel. Hamas is. And if you believe the narrative that Netanyahu has no choice but to kill Palestinians in order to find Hamas. Obviously, you know, if Hamas was hiding in Israel, he would not kill Israelis to get to Hamas. He would actually care about collateral damage called human bodies. There would be precision through intelligence gathering and specified operations to limit or eliminate the likelihood of innocent death. Here's the other part. There are, there are lawmakers in America saying kill all Palestinians. The irony of how polarized this issue has become. How America has basically said no to innocent civilians being killed, having the opportunity to actually get water. America said no to that. The Palestinian population on the Gaza Strip, look at it, look it up. What's the age? Well, over 40% are 14 and under. Those are children, ladies and gentlemen. So yes, you condemn killing in all forms. And you condemn killing of innocent individuals in all forms. But don't fall for the framework of the polarized narrative they have handed you. The first casualty of war is always the truth. All right, yes, my thoughts. Yeah, you know, we like to think of our higher education institutions that they hold themselves to a higher standard than most other institutions in this country. But we know that that isn't actually the case. These are legacy institutions that have been around for as long or even longer than this country has been around. I always have respect and deference for edu educators and also for the people who work in education. But the institutions themselves can be incredibly problematic. We're seeing it all over the country from grade school level all the way up to the highest level of the Ivy League. 
And it's incredibly disheartening, and that's putting it lightly, to see what's happening in this country as a result of what's happening in Gaza. It's made a lot of Americans distrustful of an already untrustworthy government, and it's shown a lot of Americans that our freedom of speech is a protected freedom to a certain extent. If intellectual, emphatic discussion and peaceful demonstrations can't happen on a university campus, you know, these are places that are supposed to champion higher thought, then we're in a really scary position as a country. And that's not even to say anything about what's actually happening in Gaza. It's also heartbreaking. We already feel incredibly helpless. Millions of people have come out in protests around the world against what's happening in Gaza to the Palestinians. And then we see things like this and it doesn't help. None of it helps. Very well said, very well said. Um, As always, it's a pleasure having you on the program. Tell people how they can follow you, check out your great work. Yeah, so uh, you can find all my work on the Rebel HQ YouTube channel. Uh, I post four times a week there. And uh, my podcast is called Modern Context. We have new episodes out every other week. This most recent episode, we're talking about Thanksgiving, the history of Thanksgiving, and what it even means in today's modern context. That's me. There it is. There it is. All right. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable. Indisputable is still the fastest growing news show in America compared to CNN, Fox News, and 30 other networks. We tell the truth on Indisputable because the truth is indisputable. We go places that other news media outlets refuse to go. When there were human rights abuses happening at the Victorville prison, guards and members of the community contacted us. You, through your investigative reporting, unearthed very troubling allegations about specific forms of abuse and discrimination in the federal prison system. It really doesn't take much to be a trusted voice. All it takes is to be fearless, report on matters, be an advocate. I called it the bullpen intentionally because it's a place of preparation. We present individuals who may have an opposing view, so we debate. Sometimes we interview individuals because their stories deserve to be heard. A survivor of significant police misconduct and his attorney. We covered this story earlier and remind you of the horror of one man being shot at damn near 100 times by the police. We take time on this show to showcase the temper tantrums of Karens in the wild. We do this not because we want to see people's emotional outbursts in public, but because these incidents are emblematic of a bigger societal issue taking place across the nation, and it has to be checked. My friend, my big homie, attorney at law, Benjamin Crump. I just want to thank you, man, when educated, articulate brothers like yourself speak truth to power. It makes a great difference in changing the landscape in America. Listen, no matter what you do, don't allow the politics of ideology to evaporate the soul that still exists inside of you. They don't stop, I don't stop. Racism won't stop, I won't stop. Systemic bias won't stop, I won't stop. People still need health care, so I won't stop. People still need criminal justice systems reform, so I won't stop. You won't stop either.